Hi everybody, we continue with the conscious for Rosh Hashanah for about five minutes. Uh, we know that before Rosh Hashanah we're canceling the vow, we're canceling the nedarim. And uh, some people don't take it seriously enough. They don't come earlier uh, to make sure it happened and they come for the last second. Everybody should ask their boss, if you work for a boss, to take earlier uh, kind of time to stop working or take that day off. Ask, ask your boss to give you the day off before Rosh Hashanah. This, this year is falling on Shabbat. So basically Friday, it will be wise, you know, to, to kind of staying, come to Shachrit and Shul and doing that Tarat Nedarin, the cancer of the Val. Why, why is it so important? The uh, Shlach Kadosh from the book Shnei Luchot Abrit, right? That it's so important that the Shla will go in front of Bed Din and uh, 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 the, 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 the person has to feel that they will forgive him for the nether. Why do we need to ask forgiveness for something we promise? Because think about it. First, Hashem commands us that for everything that we promise, we have to keep that promise. But on top of it, it's better not to promise. So people who are promising or people who are telling you tomorrow I will do this or this and that, that those people are not spiritual. Those people are not connected to the creator. How can you promise something about tomorrow when you don't know what tomorrow will bring? So why are you promising? Only for one reason, because you're getting something out of it. And if you're getting something out of it, what is it? The attention of human being. So you can't promise that you will do this, this, and that. And that's for men and for women. That's for men and for women. You cannot promise that you will make him a party. You cannot promise that you will take him somewhere. You cannot promise anything. Just stop promising. When you're going into Rosh Hashanah, that's the first thing you do. So what do you think it means? It means that all year along, you keep promising to people you will do A, B, and C. Some of the promising you kept and some of the promising you didn't keep. For example, you promised to give a certain amount of money, tzedakah, or maaser, or tithing. You didn't give, it's a problem. Why did you promise? You promised to buy a t-shirt to someone. Did you do it? No, it's a problem. Stop promising. That's the first step. Now, another step that we do at least 45 days before Shana, starting in Tubab, most people start actually Rosh Chodesh Elul. <clears throat> if you want to do Le Mahadrin, you can start before. It's called Tshuva. Repentance. What is the idea of repentance? It's an ability, not inability, I'm sorry with my accent, our ability to be able to change whatever we did in the past. Similar to Nedarim. Similar to the concept of Shvuot Nedarim. The same thing when you promise something. You cancel what you promise. Now Tshuva is when you did something wrong with a positive mitzvah or negative mitzvah. I'm explaining it right now. Positive mitzvah will be 
what I should be doing. I should be doing. Aser ta'aser. Give tithing. That's mitzvot ta'aser. If you didn't do it, you need to do tshuva. What is mitzvot lo ta'aser? Lo tignov. Don't steal. Don't kill. Lo tretzah. Lo tinav. So, the two types of mitzvot, negative or positive, meaning what you shouldn't be doing, if you did, you have to do tshuva. And the mitzvot aseh, that what you should have done and you didn't, you should do tshuva for that. You should act with repentance, act with sorrow for whatever you didn't do, or whatever you did, even God command you not to do. Now, some of you will listen to it and will find a crack how to get out of it. Why would you looking for a crack to get out of it? Why is it bother you that God command you? Why is it bother you that you're nothing more than a servant or slave to God? Why, why is it bother you? Because you think you're the king and the queen? You're not. Can you control the day you're going to die? No. Do you control if you stop breathing, you're still alive? No. You can control what, the way you've been created. And stop telling me nature, nature, nature. That's nature. Who created nature? Nature. So it's it, it show. So it's not for you. So why would you listen to it? Chuva. Repentance. For me, not accepting the king, my master, is my master. He commanded me not to do it, and I did. He commanded me, I should be doing it, and I did it. That's what the tshuva for. That's tshuva between me and God. Then there is tshuva ben adam Then there is tshuva between two people. God commanded me not to hurt another person. I did hurt another person. I have to do tshuva for that. So I have to go to that person and ask, I'm sorry, three times. Ask them for forgiveness. If they forgive you, you clean in the eyes of God. If they didn't forgive you after three times, you're good. But you have to go to them and ask for forgiveness. But again, the reason you do that is not because it's between two friends. It's because God commands you how you need to act between two friends. If it's becoming about, I should ask for I'm sorry because of kind of manners, you're missing the whole mitzvah. Because it's no longer a mitzvah. It's kind of a human to human. So there is no value in it. It's some value. I mean, society will tell you you're great. But no spiritual value. Spiritual value means there is connection to God in your action, in your thought, in your talk. That's spiritual value. Spiritual value can only come out with a connection to God in whatever you do. You want to be nice to someone? Why? Because God command you? It's a spiritual value in it. I want to be nice to someone because it's nice to be nice. There's no spiritual value in that. But it's a very nice thing to do. Wonderful. Keep doing it. One day you will start connecting it into spiritual value. Now, what is the aspect of tshuva? First, from the Rambam, my monetist, there's a whole section about tshuva. 
should read the whole book. But on a basic level, we're not that elevated yet or smart or tzaddikim. We're simple people. My job is to talk to the simple people. I'm a simple person talking to simple people. The first aspect of tshuva is vidui. Vidui means confession. You have to confess to a human being that you trust what you did. If it's in letter, if it's in text, or if it's in person. But you have to confess. If there is a woman who don't trust a man to listen to them, find a woman you trust and go tell them what you did wrong this year. Everything, yes, everything. Especially the thing you don't want to say. Because more you're going to tell them, more you're going to be forgiven for it. Don't hold back. Tell them everything. Don't hold back. Tell them everything. That's the power of confession. Second level of tshuva, charata. You are sorry for what you did in the past. You are sorry. But the way that you are sorry, you are really taking yourself aside daily, 30 days before Shana, every day, and cry. Cry for the people you hurt. Cry for the missed opportunity between you and God because you hurt these people. That's called charata. You have to do that every day. Take a side at night when nobody sees you. Don't do it in the shower. Don't do it in the toilet. You have to be in a holy place. And sit there and cry. Say, Hashem, please forgive me. I hurt those people. I'm going to ask them for forgiveness. But first I want you to know that I know that I did something wrong. Gimel, azivatachet. Third, you live and you stop doing what you did before. If you hurt people, if you scream, if you yell, if you steal, whatever you're doing wrong, you have to stop doing it. Azivat achet. No more doing it again. No more. Not a little bit, not 89%. It's going to be under. If it's not under, there's no chuvayat because in that little space crack, the negativity will walk in yet. There's no such a thing as, I'm almost stopping it. I'm working on a diet. You ever saw people who work on a diet? They always look like still unhealthy compared to people who are not talking about the diet. They're just doing it. People who work on a diet always tell you, am I looking better? Am I looking better? Because they're not really into it. Azivat achet is azivat achet. No more. You're telling it to yourself, no more. And you said, challenge me. Bring it on. I can do it. Last thing about Rosh Hashanah. I heard something from my dear friend, Rabbi Michael Mao. And he say, why is Rosh Hashanah about dinim? Judgment. Dinim represents chosarim. Dinim represents lacking of something. Lacking represents kelim, represents vessels. Or building of the vessel. So when we come into Rosh Hashanah, we're dealing with all the vessels we couldn't build this year. Because if you're busy with yourself, you're busy with small things. If you're busy with what's good for you, 
You're busy with so little compared to what God want to give you. God want to give you everything. But he's telling you that you have to follow 613 mitzvot that will help you to get everything he want to give you. It's not a condition. It's the way it is. Like there is gravity, there is 630 mitzvot. Your job is to follow those mitzvot for the sake of connecting to have to have cleaving with the Creator. And the end result of it is, of course, receiving all the nourishment. But you cannot do it for the sake of receiving the nourishment. So when coming to Rosh Hashanah, you start again, building those vessels again. But you also have to cancel the dinim. What is the dinim? The judgment that came about, you are not respecting the vessel that you could build. This is the most important thing that I could have tell you about Atarab Nedarim, about Shuva, and now building the Kelim. If you can just take that with you to Rosh Hashanah, it will make a big difference. Thank you.